Welcome to the Unmanly Manly Podcast with Frank and Sergio. I'm Frank. And I'm Sergio. And we're here to talk about our experiences in many areas of our lives and how masculinity plays a role in all of that. We're just two dudes sharing our perspectives. We may not be experts, but we have strong opinions that might resonate with you. So today we're going to talk about masculinity. Finally, I know that freaking time. This podcast is called the Unmanly Manly Podcast, and this is the first time we're talking about masculinity in any form. Yeah, I know. It was like we tiptoed around it. So, what is masculinity? I mean, the easy answer is the energy that drives men. I guess you know if you want it's like big muscles, brute force. Urgh! Muscle cars. Anger. Anger. A lot of anger. Hitting stuff. Yeah. Hitting stuff while angry. Beer. 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 And for the... For and the, beards. And beards, yes. Facial beard. hair. Hair in general. Hair, yeah. Lumberjack, yes. Using axes, throwing axes. Yes. And, uh... Fucking. <laughs> That's a delicate way of putting it. Delicate. Um, yeah. The old intercourse... Sexual conquests, I think, is a more accurate way of putting it. Yes, notches on the belt. And uh, the definition is qualities or attributes regarded as characteristic of men. That tells us nothing. I no. learned in school to never use the same word. In to, the definition? Yeah. No. It and, and that constantly happens in, is, what is that, Oxford? Yeah, Oxford. Even Merriam-Webster does the same thing, too. Shame on the both of you. Yeah, and they're the, both like, the, the standard. Both of you use... School y'alls. But yeah, man. So that's what it is for today. You know, as men who identify as men, who are naturally born as men, this is a question that we have to navigate without knowing. I grew up as a kid, and what was my main concern, like my main drive among all things, is becoming a man as fast as possible. And my idea of being a man was what I saw around me, being tough, not being emotional, unless it's anger or happiness. You could be happy around your friends, but you got to be very careful with how you express that happiness, right? It has to be one where you're not being too touchy with the guys. You're not being too emotional with the guys, but you're... Yeah, it's usually happiness around, like, chiding someone else. Like, <laughs> you're an idiot. Yeah. Kind of a, a move. Yeah, just making jokes. And, yeah, for, for heterosexual men, is like having sex. As soon as you can, as often as you can. And it's unfortunate because, like, I was striving for these accolades, thinking that I was like, oh, I'm going to become a man. And, and, and what was that? What did that mean? Like, oh, that I'll have control over my life, that people will respect me, that I'll get to do whatever I want, you know, that what I say goes. Because that's what I saw other men trying to do. And it wasn't until I actually started getting these milestones and growing up and then seeing that. It's not really getting me anywhere, nor do I feel content or happy about it. It was just something that I thought was going to make my life better, but it didn't. So then came the question, what is being a man all about? And what do I want to be as a man? Like what type of characteristics and attributes I want to obtain and integrate into my personality? How do I want to move? And I did not know how to answer that question. And it's still a very interesting question. Because it's like, I don't have a clear-cut answer. And I'm starting to think that the less I worry about that question, the better I feel. Because it's starting to feel like being a man is just being a man. It just means that you have the parts, you have the hormones, and then that's it. And then you just live your life however you want. I couldn't agree more. There's those two physicality parts, and everything else is just being human. As you get older, taking responsibility for what those hormones may give you the urge to do. Yeah, yeah. Like fighting and like being physical or verbal. Yeah. Just all that shit that like 
suppressing emotions. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, a lot of this is learned behavior from centuries, if not millennia, of upbringing where it's like this is what we're told to do, and and if you're acting a funny way, like. <laughs> You better not. <laughs> yeah, because you're going to get checked physically by other men. And maybe maybe you won't survive that. Yeah. This is where things go wrong and things are currently looking to change. Yeah, that's true. Because it's like with the concept of the trans movement, with LGBTQ movement, that and maybe there are other movements that I can't recall or can't think of. But like all of those revolve around like the gender norms and what we assign as gender norms and then it, it breaks that down and it questions the concept of well are these gender norms real are they are they things worth striving for or is gender really more fluid and more of a spectrum or or, or even not worth following or striving to become so it's like all right well now you have women or people who identify as women behaving in ways that would traditionally be associated as masculine or things that men do and vice versa. And then there's the whole aspect of no gender, which yeah. is just more of the same, like just breaking I, I, this apart. I think for those, for that whole thing, it's just the human obsession of having to label and name things. It's just something we do by nature. Like mm-hmm. we've been doing it since we, we developed language. And it's really getting in the way of progress, I think, because now it's become a, an argument for like microaggressions let's say mm-hmm. and, and it affects politics and, and it affects so much and it yeah. affects people's other emotions and you know there's certain sensitivities that should be acknowledged we're in a moment of discovery i think in this whole period i don't think there's anything that's right i don't think there's anything that's wrong we're just looking for something where everyone can just be okay right something that I mean, we can agree on something yeah. that you know, because you saying that is like, oh, wow, well, like, are we trying to redefine genders? Or Because then that's kind of like the same problem, but in a different perspective. I think it's like what you said, like it's we're questioning all of these institutions that we live by to then see, all right, what's actually natural for us. And it looks like gender is a construct. That's That's what I believe. But this masculine feminine thing, I'm starting to believe it's more like not so much about gender as man or woman but more about types of characteristics and they fall under different categories like a masculine trait could be associated with assertiveness let's say but if we remove that from man then it's not like oh a man needs to be assertive no people can be assertive and that could be a masculine trait where a feminine trait could be nurturing right and removing the whole gender from it and just making it a type of behavior which that makes me think why even assign masculine or feminine it could just be characteristics and that's that yeah and 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 the whole thing is about pigeonholing people to these traits and it's doesn't suit everyone that's that's where we have these points of people basically being put through a gamut of emotions negative emotions because they don't feel uh comfortable in their own skin and because their skin is not what they came up with it's just what they have and they're being told they can't be that way Mm. and it's where it all comes down to and i think with the advent of therapy and the acceptance of it as a real form of getting to know ourselves Mm -hmm. getting to know what makes us tick that's why we have everything that, that we have going through right now even race relations because that's a construct on its own too. And once we get all this stuff out of the way and stop relying on it as statistics, like let's get over this human obsession over statistics and numbers and... and, and Dominance. Yeah, just like let it all go. Let us be human. And then we just judge people based on their character and merit. And that's it. That's what everyone's been crowing about for decades. Mm-hmm. And We're we in- can't get off that drug. We were, like, dependent on that stuff. Yeah. And society has, you know, it's built in a way to propagate that system. You know, it's a status quo thing. Like, society, you you know, you, we dress up baby girls in pink and baby boys in blue. And, and then we give boys the 
toy cars and the G.I. Joes and the women, the Barbies and dollhouses and all that. And it's like it's all created to continue this cycle of pigeonholing. Meanwhile, meanwhile, I'm wearing pink shorts right now. That's right. No one can see it, but I am. Yeah, that's right. There you go. Salmoni. I have salmon shirt. And it's funny because growing up, and it's funny that you mentioned color, I would wear black, blue, gray, never pink, never purple, because I knew that the kids were going to be like, oh, you're gay. And it's like, right, right. great. All right. Now, like, I have to be careful with the colors that I pick, even though I like purple and pink. It's funny. This shows how much more of a progressive area I grew up in because mm-hmm. I found a shirt that fit that was like a lavenderish color and I wore it because it fit and I got compliments on it in school and everything yeah turns out it was a girl shirt oh there you go yeah like my <laughs> mom's like see how you have these uh the seam here mm-hmm. and it's like you know right across where breasts would be you know? yeah you're like oh I didn't know <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I've already worn it to school. No one knows. Everybody likes it. Yeah. Boom. There you no, go. No one called me a homo or anything like that. There you go. You see, that's the way it should be. I mean, like, you, you, you like what you like. You want to do what you want to do. You do it. No one should feel like it's appropriate to point at you and judge you and call you names because whatever you're doing is not considered appropriate according to your perceived gender. Yeah. And that's the thing of bullying is such a huge masculine stereotype. Yeah. Of course, you got this thing of, like, shit-talking or, like... Um, Posturing or, like, you know, trying to... You, you have all... Well, what I'm trying to say is you have all different levels of it mm-hmm. where if there's no understanding that, like, I'm just busting your chops, as we say, then it's just going to upset the other person. Mm-hmm. And it's happened to me. It's happened where, where some dude was just thinks he's being lighthearted... And then fucking with me. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't even know this guy. But mm-hmm. we work together in the same place. And I called him out like, hey, you don't know me well enough to joke with me like that. Yeah. Like, I know what you're doing. It doesn't work right now. Right. We need to know each other before this can continue. And he did not know how to take He was young. He was like 18, 19. Mm. And meanwhile, I'm in my 30s. And I know how to handle that in a way that's, that's mature. Mm-hmm. And then I even went over to a coworker of his um, who was a bit older, and I just had the conversation with him. Say, hey, just let him know, because I could tell there was like a distance between us now, me and that other kid. And I said, hey, just let him know we're good. Nothing bad happened, except for maybe his ego got a little slighted. I just wanted to say, like, we're cool. Let's let's move on from this, because mm-hmm. nothing really happened. Mm-hmm. But egos also get damaged because we had this idea of like this is how we're supposed to be mm-hmm. and then when you get that that reality is shook we don't know what to do with, with it we, we feel embarrassed and we feel like we've been made small right and then the ego comes around and is like oh i need to prove myself i need to show people that i'm boss and i'm not gonna have somebody tell me how i should act yeah you know what i mean and it gets us in a lot of trouble. I mean, like, there's so many fights. There's so many. There's so much conflict that arises just because someone feels belittled or they see, feel slighted. And instead of talking about it, it goes straight into fighting. Or it goes straight into arguing where people are just calling each other names and, and throwing profanity around. And it's like, where's the healthy approach for that? We don't get to see that a lot when it comes to the media or TV or whatever. Well, that's it. That's a great point. We don't have the role models normally. I mean, some people do. I certainly In their personal didn't. lives. Yeah, right. I didn't. You did not as well, right? I mean, it, it was interesting because my father, he's the type that likes to talk things through with other people. Mm. So it wasn't that. But when it comes to other areas like women and alcohol and how a man should move around the world, that's when you start to see some of the more backwards ideologies. So I will say that he served the role model for me in the sense of like responsibility. Mm. However, it was funny because he comes from of the thing of like the man is responsible. He works. He mm-hmm. works hard. He provides. And you know what? Cool. However, what happens if you lose your job? What happens if you're not super productive? What happens if you're not providing for anyone? Then what? 
Is there like an emptiness there? Or do, does my life lack meaning? Am I not a man? Right? So that's interesting because although instilling a sense of responsibility in people is a positive thing because we have to be responsible in our lives, how it's being framed could be damaging because then it's like, is being responsible what gives you meaning? What makes you a man? No. Being responsible is something that all humans should be in order for us to be able to move forward and take care of ourselves and the people in our lives and and make ends meet. However, if you're in a position where you don't have responsibilities, that shouldn't mean that you're not manly enough or whatever the case may be. It just means you don't have responsibilities right now and you and, and there's things that you got to put into put into place or sort out. That's it. That's all it is. So, it's interesting. It's a common trait that I, I think we have in the society where everything is a standards issue rather than a values issue. Mm. And people like to apply their own values on others. And that's even comes with like parents and it, it goes with everything. Like that's why there is systemic racism. That's why there is all sorts of like uh, bigotry that just goes from generation to generation. And sometimes there's those that are the outliers that break that mold and, you know, good for them. But it is important to know that this stuff doesn't have to keep being getting carried over. This is something that we could all break. Mm-hmm. It's just not being attached to that stuff. Actually, I think those that might have the hardest time even hearing all this, it might take something to have an open mind around it. It's really going to be something that once they see that this is not how it has to be, there's going to be a sense of freedom that they're going to feel and there's never a too late for it we have our lives it's finite but just like with everything else it's never too late to change it's never too late to learn it's never too late to make amends it's never too late to just question your own value system and see if it's being dictated by gender norms or stereotypes if there's aspects of toxic masculinity that is behind these ideologies and take a step back and ask the question of is this healthy Am I living a life that's healthy? Am I being driven by outside influences that have no place in my life? And then adjust accordingly from there. I'll say this. You talk about like feeling free. When I started noticing aspects of my personality and the way I behave that just doesn't fit and isn't healthy and isn't part of how I want to be as a man, it wasn't freeing. It was anxiety inducing Mm. because then I started to think like, well, I mean... If I let these things go, then what does that make me? Oh, if I let these things go, what does that mean about who I am as a person? Or how are others going to perceive that? And and that's a big thing about masculinity. Not that it's exclusive to masculinity, but it's the fear of being rejected by your mm-hmm. male peers. Mm-hmm. And also, depending who you associate with, the fear of the physical ramifications that could come or verbal Um, or just outright rejection by exercising your right to live your life however you want it, even if it's in the face of gender norms or stereotypes. And other men could be like, oh, no, I don't want to hang out with you because I don't consider you manly enough. I don't want you in my circle. You'd be lucky if they said it as eloquently as you said it. Yeah, they would just do it, (laughs) and you'll be like, oh, this sucks. (laughs) Because also you would probably, you know, you wouldn't even know what happened. No. Um, or they'll just berate you and you just feel angry. Just just yeah. the litany of emotions. And right. That. I know for me, I was rejected by your manliest of men mm. for most of my life. There is something about breaching 40. And I think it's just like a it's, a it's a time thing. It's a time thing of experience. You just stop caring so much about all that little shit. And you just start living your life. And like you was someone that lived with a lot of anxiety around that around sex around all that stuff like i wasn't meeting up to a potential of whatever that fictitious thing was mm-hmm. at a certain point i just stopped caring about all that and that's that's the freedom yeah that's funny when you bring up sex i was just thinking that like sex is a huge part of that mm-hmm. you know for i can't really speak on non-straight men i just don't know enough you know but as a straight guy like that is humongous. Like, that's a huge influence in my life growing up. The only reason I wanted to start getting in a romantic relationship is to have sex. There came the love and the very nice things that come with romantic relationships. But that was the first 
influence. Like, and then there's porn, which is a whole other thing that just screws us up mentally and emotionally, where we then get wired to want sex to be a certain way and we want our women to look a certain way and then there's also marketing and modeling that also does that makes us have this well that's first then the porn that's true you have movies you have the hot chick and then you have models and your in your in your commercials and then you got all this stuff but before we get too carried away with that Mm. like i can say for me certainly same thing it was such a massive insecurity for me Mm. Like, I had a tough time enough just making friends because I wasn't athletic. I was a scrawny little weakling, and no one wants to be friends with that. You know, sure, I could run fast, but I didn't look like I could do much else other than that, which is true. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I know this because those kids will make sure that I know that. So what chances did I have with finding a girl? Mm. So when it came to a point where I was making guy friends and such, I had to lie about my supposed conquests. Yeah. Just so I could look adequate, so I could look good in front of them. That's right. And I could lie just enough that they couldn't question it and that I didn't look like I was talking out of school, like I didn't know what the fuck I was talking about, like 40-year-old virgin kind of thing, bag of sand. (laughs) I never said anything like that. Yo, dude. That is so true. There's so many kids that are just lying. Boys that are just lying about having sex just to look cool and be accepted by their male peers. Because if not, then I guess they will call you gay or they just wouldn't consider you man enough. But it's a shame because it's like sex is a big part of life as is without all of this extra pressure around us to perform well please our ladies and have a lot of sex and a lot of women and a lot of notches on our belt like there's already a lot of pressure so to add this is just a disservice to boys growing up because it's like it's giving them the skewed perception that if they're not having sex then they're not doing what they're supposed to do and there's so many layers to that because it's like then it puts us in a place where then we're objectifying women we're treating them as objects we are not considering their needs because we're so caught up in i need to get mines and i need to get mines as often as i can and part of my mo no matter what i'm doing is to find women and get laid and when you start to find lulls in that and you're not out there and you're not getting yours quote unquote you know, then there's that insecurity of, oh, you know, I'm not getting mine. Oh, no, this is this sucks. Oh, I got to do something about it. When it's like, it shouldn't be that way. Yeah. And, and it totally gets conflated when you find yourself in a real relationship that's supposed to be loving and everything like that. But you're still in this mindset of just getting laid. Yes. And that doesn't work. Yeah. And that's why you got the wandering eye syndrome and all that. When you account for all of that, the insecurities and all that, you get a man who can't communicate mm-hmm. you get a man that can't be honest mm-hmm. and is likely gonna cheat mm-hmm. is likely gonna sabotage everything around him yeah and then because of not being able to communicate because of not being able to let go of some of these things that we're told that we should be striving for then we start to fall into addiction and unhealthy coping mechanisms mm-hmm. That's where also the fighting comes because if we can't communicate, then we resort to anger because we don't know how to communicate. And that's frustrating because that makes us feel powerless and we must be powerful. So then we have to exert our dominance in a way that, you know, we're taught how, which is physical or verbal um, or posturing, you know, Mm -hmm. just making yourself look big and look intimidating so that people don't mess with you. To take a step back. There is the aspect of being human where we have sexual urges and we have these urges of being dominant. We have all that. And what it seems like is that society took that and just extrapolated as that's the way it should be, you know, and we can go into the whole aspect of why and all that. We never questioned it. We never questioned it. And society is questioning it and we're coming with more questions than answers. But a lot of people are trying different ways to just go about life and they're all valid. And it's like the backlash like how people have such issue with this like when the trans movement started there's so many people who are just bashing trans people and with lgbtq people who live that life were being bashed and when they were pushing for rights there was so much resistance and it's like why the key word is in what you already just said which is resistance mm-hmm. 
It's resisting being open. It's resisting being thoughtful. It's resisting any sort of outside perspective to be capable of even understanding what is going on in front of you. Yeah. You already have some sort of made up fictitious idea of what it is that you cobbled together from past experiences, created in your head, and you think that's reality. Yeah. It's your reality, mm-hmm. but it's not that other person's reality at all. So then part of it is fear. Oh, you yeah. I mean? and, and that's the thing. It's like you, you create these stories of like, you know, I know growing up with when it came to um, homosexuals, of which there were certainly gay kids and queer kids and what happened. Like I mean, the they've been around forever. <laughs> the whole spectrum of it has always been around, but it was always just sort of compressed into one group. Right. You know? And I'm going back 20 years. Yeah, it's not even that long ago. So... I remember one kid was clearly homosexual, and he was out. Uh, we had no problem with him, actually, which is strange. But when it came to, like, like guys in certain circles, if you weren't already out, mm-hmm. and they suspected you might be for even nothing, mm-hmm. I, it's so weird because, like, I can't say the word. Mm. <laughs> when they would call you that. Yeah. Are um, you talking about, like, the F word for Oh, yeah. Okay, got it. Yeah. Yeah, that I, I just don't the like slur. I, you know, no, I, I used to say it with abandon back then. I don't want to say it anymore. Yeah, and that's yeah. a sign of growth because it's like, shoot, it, like I mean, this is off topic, but for me, that was the N word. I was as a kid, mm-hmm. I used to throw that around everywhere, and mm-hmm. then after a while, I was like, I don't care if I'm Hispanic, and you know, there are black people who don't care that I say it. I'm not gonna say it. Same thing with the F word. It's like there's no need to say it. You know, it's 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 something that has so much negative connotation. And it's not even used in a positive sense. Like, why even continue to use a word that has that effect on people? Yeah. But that goes back to toxic masculinity. It's like you throw that word around because it's like a way to diminish people yeah. into adopting all of these toxic traits and gender norms. Right. Yeah. And and that goes back to the resistance. Right. I, I, it's like fear of letting go of this conditioning that we've grown up in. I, I'm sure people don't want there to be progress and they push back on these movements because it's like then that means they have to look inside and have to like do the work and that fight or flight response is like triggered and they're like oh you know why bother no let's keep things the same and it's not even that clear of a thought process it's just a subconscious thing what you get for resisting and not going with the progressive movement of the time is continuing to do live this life that is unhealthy and damaging of yourself and others to your psyche and all of that and you don't get to grow out of that yeah this all brings up in my head where a lot of this uh takes place and it's competition mm-hmm. competition is the biggest portion of this mm. somehow it makes us heterosexual men feel like we're important mm-hmm. we're the most important thing on this planet mm-hmm Fuck everyone else, me. Yeah. Not just all men, but it's like the individual man. I want to be the biggest, strongest man. And 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 nowadays it doesn't even have to be literally biggest, strongest because you could just have a lot of money. But like the most powerful man. So therefore, you have all the resources, all the women, all, all the, the money, money, all the house, the cars, all of that. Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos. Someone, you know, he should talk to a therapist. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He he literally had a <laughs> rocket ship. Yeah. That looks like a penis. <laughs> if that doesn't say insecurity, I don't know what else does. No, seriously. I mean, there's so much wrong with what he's doing. But um But here we are judging him. While we order Amazon products. <laughs> that amazon prime though two days or maybe the next day oh my god this is all screwed up (laughs) it is it really is it is we're supporting this man who is just being terrible he's not even with them anymore so Mm. oh oh that's right he's retired oh yeah that's right yeah yeah right anyway but yeah so yeah so then the question is like what is healthy masculinity like what is being a man in a more progressive era we can have conversations and there's a lot of debates around it and you know all of that and honestly just seeing all the progressive movements and how people are choosing to live their lives and how they express themselves i'm starting to think like masculinity in itself should probably not even be a word like it should just be i am somebody who who was born with these p- 
parts, which means that I have a certain biological structure in place that comes with its own urges, its own desires, its own influences. Cool. But the same thing could be said about so many other things. Like, I have the urge of not going to work. What am I going to do? Not go to work? I'm going to go to work despite my urges. I have the urge to say what I have on my mind to certain people who I disagree with or who who upset me. But I'm not going to do that. I'm going to move in a way where I'm addressing conflict in a healthy way. You know what we call that? What? Maturity. There you go. That's what healthy masculinity would be. But it's... Just maturity. (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't, you know, just like you were saying, the physical aspect of it all, the function of all that, Mm -hmm. that's it. Stops right there. Mm -hmm. That's where being a man stops. Mm -hmm. And for some individuals, they don't want any of that. Yeah. They don't don't identify as that. And now they're doing things to change that, to augment that. When you dissect masculinity and all the stereotypes and all that, if you really look at things and stop adding such importance that you put on other people and, Mm -hmm. and what they have and what they don't have, keep that shit to yourself. That's the toxic side. That's right. And that's the thing you need to really allocate to like, okay, that might work for you. Great. No one's questioning that. It's all the stuff you do outside of yourself to others. Mm -hmm. And that could be people within your inner circle, your family, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. That's got to stop. Right. Right. And you have to see what can I do that doesn't alienate people? Mm -hmm. What can I do that doesn't ostracize and demean and belittle people? Right. And be someone that can be a source of growth, a source of... Service, servitude in a way, like mentorship, Mm -hmm. in a sense that promotes growth, that promotes kindness, love, community. Yeah. And you're contributing to other people. You know, it's not just about you. It's about everyone around you. It's about the us, the collective us moving forward. So really just being a positive influence on other lives, Mm -hmm. not just male lives, female lives, trans lives. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is, just be a positive influence. Yeah. Don't pick and choose. Just be a positive influence. That's right. And just to be clear, because you pointed towards it of like any guy out there may like things that are considered to be traditionally male things. You know, you like your beer, you like your cars, you like your, you know, monster trucks, whatever. You know, I'm just spitballing. Or you fantasize about whatever that is but it's okay if you like these things like there's nothing wrong with liking those things there's nothing wrong with walking around and portraying yourself as a man in the way that society paints it as but like you said as long as you're not belittling other men for the way they choose to live their lives then everything is peachy keen like everything is fine right As long as you're not getting in the way of the progress we're trying to make around masculinity and manhood, then great. Enjoy all of those things because those things are going to continue to exist. There's women out there who love this stuff. So it's like, fine. It's cool. Like, there's nothing wrong with those things. It's just the attitude around if you interact with a man who doesn't like it and would like things that people would associate as feminine. So what? It is what it is. Yeah. It makes them happy is the same basic concept of just agreeing to disagree about what your preferences are. Yeah. I like sandwiches. You like steaks. I don't like steaks. I mean, that that would be crazy. I love steaks. But like food, if you don't like a certain food and I like a certain food, then cool, whatever. It is what it is. Same thing should be about the way we live our lives and what does that and, and whether or not that falls under the bucket of man or woman. So... You got to let that go. Yeah. You know, there's nothing wrong with trying to be strong, but we got to understand that being strong doesn't mean just lifting weights and holding your emotions. It means taking life head on, assuming your responsibility, embracing the challenges that you face, and at the same time, continuing to nurture yourself and the people around you, the relationships that you have in the name of progress, prosperity, health, love, happiness, the stuff that we like. The stuff that makes life worth living. It brings to my mind something that we could consider both a negative aspect of masculinity, also something that has a positive end of it, which is fighting. Mm. Physical fighting. Say, I'm not a physical person. I don't punch or anything like that. I may have hit my younger brother a few times. Mm -hmm. 
but I didn't like it, and I didn't, that stopped at a certain point, and I don't like doing it. I don't even throw things. I don't, I don't do any of that stuff. But I did take a martial art. I took Taekwondo when, when I was in my early 20s, and it was fun. You know, I, I didn't spar much. I didn't do any competitions or anything like that, but I learned a lot. There was a lot of uh, methodology around it. There's a lot of uh, psychology around it. Um, discipline. D- discipline big factor in there Mm -hmm. and there's nothing wrong with it as an aspect of that i actually enjoy watching mixed martial arts is that questionable i don't know i think that that is up for debate Mm. i'm i'm gonna keep an open mind to that but for now like i look at the technique i look at what they're doing i know they're not some of them aren't literally out to kill each other but Mm -hmm. i think they are but that's what they sign up for as fighters yeah and and it is about defending yourself no one is supposed to die in these things there there is a weirdness to it i won't mm-hmm. lie mm-hmm. like why would you want to bloody yourself up and bloody mm-hmm. up somebody else just to achieve a belt mm-hmm. improve it is like it is it's another competition and it's it, it's in line with that toxic masculinity that we talked about right so it is a gray area mm-hmm. in my mind at mm-hmm. least and part of me doesn't know how to feel about it right and i'm okay with that right now i'm mm-hmm. okay with not knowing right I have a different opinion on it. I think that it's perfectly fine because there is part of human nature to compete and be aggressive. I mean, shoot, like early humans were aggressive by default, trying to survive, but that didn't go away as we became more civilized. It's it's part of our humanity. That's why we have women in the MMA. Like it's not just a male sport. It goes back to what you're talking about. To fight in the octagon or in the ring or whatever, it takes training. You have to go through strenuous training. And the training is around counteracting. Not only is it about developing the skills to punch, kick, and all that, and endurance to be able to last through a match, you know, or to take a hit. It's also counteracting all of the basic human urges that arises when you are in a in fight mode, which is the anger, which is the wanting to hurt somebody to end their lives type of stuff. It's the seeing red and just throwing punches wildly. It's to counteract all of that so that you actually have a control over the ability and the art of fighting because some one of the philosophies around training for martial arts is so that you learn how to fight so you don't have to. Right. Some people go into it and they compete. Other people go into it to learn how to defend themselves and also acquire all of the philosophical, psychological, disciplinary aspects of it, and sometimes spiritual. But guess what? Those people who know how to fight, very few of them are walking out there picking fights with people because even the senseis and the masters and all of that, the trainers, the coaches, they instill, or they should be, but the one, the coaches that I know and the, the ones that I've looked into, they instill the idea of, we're gonna learn how to fight but God forbid you go out there and you start picking fights with people just to like show off because that's a big taboo. Yeah. That's frowned upon. It's against the philosophy of actual disciplinary fighting, martial arts, and all of that. So I accept it for what it is. It's a very disciplined, controlled way for you to be able to exercise that human trait of aggression where then now you make it into a sport and you can exhibit your skill against other trained and skilled fighters. Now, I accept that over street fights any day because street fights is two people who are angry at each other who want to hurt each other. Yes. Fighters, trained fighters, in most cases, are out to compete to win. And it's controlled scenario it's a control scenario and most cases when they finish the fight they're hugging congratulating each other there's no bad blood yes there are times when people get upset at each other and now it's like an actual fight with vengeance in the background and even then it's not like they're trying to kill each other they're trying to prove to the other person okay you talked all this smack i'm gonna make you eat your words and in in some cases even then the fight is over and they're hugging each other embracing each other so it's not like this is some blood sport it's it's controlled now there's the other thing I remember, I forgot which fighter it was, but I was watching a, a video where they interviewed a fighter and they were talking about the same, oh, it was a Vsauce uh, 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 video on YouTube. I don't mm. know if you know Vsauce. I don't. Okay, Vsauce is a YouTuber. He talks a lot about different aspects of science and life and all of that, but it's all very scientific. So he, and he's not an athletic guy himself. So he was talking about fighting and, and the anger associated with fighting and hurting people. And he interviewed an uh, actual professional fighter. And what was interesting is the fighter said, 
The worst thing you can do in a professional fight is to fight angry because you lose sight of the of the skills that you need to exercise the strategies and you expose yourself to being hurt. Because mm-hmm. you're not thinking strategically. You're not thinking clearly. Yes. So there's a lot of people who look at professional fighting and they're like, oh my God, they're killing each other. This is insane. This is barbaric. But it's actually, they're going into it not angry so that they can actually perform well, which means that if they're not angry, they're not out to kill. They're out to win, which is a whole different game. I embrace it. I try, I practice taekwondo as well when i was uh i think i was in junior high school mm-hmm. and i just stopped because i couldn't afford it anymore and then i went back and i started doing mixed martial arts in my 20s and again the price but i felt that when i was training and conditioning and fighting it was therapeutic i enjoyed it yeah there's very few experiences and instances in life where you get to release energy in that way you let out aggressive energy, which we build up as humans in our day to day because we encounter frustrations all the time. The only thing is that we don't have a punching bag, most of us at home to dish it all out and be able to have that catharsis. So when you go to train, yeah, you get to have that catharsis and you make bonds at the, in the process with all the other people. And I think that that catharsis comes in all forms of sports. Right. With the exception of, I don't know, maybe curling. <laughs> that, that curling seems so anxiety inducing to me it looks so much fun to me at the same time it's still a competition it really is that's my perspective on fight i think it's a great thing it's just that I, you know it comes it, with its risks yeah I, again like i not I, street fights professional fighting yeah street fights are just brutal terrible people do die yeah and it, it's I, illegal yeah. it's illegal for a reason yeah there's certain things that are illegal for reasons that don't make sense, but this is one where it makes sense. Yeah. And look, I've had so many, I've had fights when I was a kid and there was so many times as an adult, a young adult and adult and where I am now, where I've been extremely upset. I've punched like two doors in my life and um, I have like the knuckle deformity thing to like remind myself, there you go. I'm sure there's a lot of men out there with, like, weird knuckles because they've punched things they shouldn't have. Yeah, looks like we're arthritic, but we're not. No. Of course I've had moments when I've just been so furious that it would just be so great to, like, hit the person. But I don't because the consequences. I'm not going to resolve the problem. It's going to make me feel good temporarily, and then I'm going to have that guilt later on, like you said. Yep. And then the other person is now upset, and everything escalates. And... Whatever chance I have of like remedying the, the, the relationship or the situation is now even more difficult because we literally fought. We hit each other. We wanted to hurt each other badly. And in some cases, you can't step back from that. You know, there's some dudes out there that that's just how they communicate. They fight each other and then they have a beer afterwards. But I don't agree with that way of going about it because even if the two guys agree, if they, what if one day they fight and then the one person is like gravely hurt? They sent to the hospital or die. You know what I mean? Like, it's not worth it. So, And, and you know what? That, that leads to a whole other thing of growth. Mm-hmm. There's a phrase that gets bandied about all over the place. Use your words. <laughs> there you go. Use your, find your words, then use your words. I'm telling you, man. I, I, honestly, like, ever since I started looking into psychology and, and, and um, aspects of interrelations that that move things forward and 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 help us like become more connected or just make progress communication communication is like i I believe it's like if it's not the foundation then it's the next step because it's like if you can't talk about what's going on then you got no shot in resolving it i think it's underrated and underutilized yeah and especially now with the upcoming generation who are stuck on their phones Mm -hmm. uh, the shorthand that they use that doesn't convey enough Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. and it's all about hiding Mm -hmm. and I think that um, it's a shame it's a a shame but I think that there's that's going to come to a head at some point in their adult lives we're going to see how little that works especially when they come to have kids of their own Mm. And who knows what type of challenges those kids are going to be facing. I mean, are you just going to text to your kids instead of verbally disciplining them? Yeah. That's a whole huge, like, question mark. Yeah, I don't know what that looks like. 
Yeah, and that's scary too because it's like as a kid growing up, I'm like, oh, I want to be a father, you know, da da da. There was always an aspect of me that wants to be nurturing and towards youth, and then it's like. Now I get here, I'm like, I would have never expected for the youth to have these type of problems and have to like deal with technology and phones to this degree. Like I never expected that. And there's like a whole slew of problems. So now it's like, not only are we talking about manhood and all that, but now we're talking about how it's being like twisted and manipulated by the internet and smartphones where now you're just getting, you know, programming like 24 seven, as long as you have your phone open, there's an ad. For the generation after that, who knows? I, I have no clue how that's going to change and how ahead of technologically advanced it's going to become where we're so disconnected from that world and how we're going to be able to influence kids in that time to help them try to navigate what's a world that we don't even understand. So it's it's weird. And maybe this is it. Maybe they just start their own podcast and this is how they communicate. <laughs> Everybody got a podcast. <laughs> and they air it out publicly. There you go. I would say this, though, the silver lining around this whole technological age with social media and all of that is with kids growing up in this, if they can manage to learn from this and then learn how to navigate it in a mature way, in a healthy way, then it can be like a source of guidance for the next generation because it does something that our generations couldn't, which is influencing others in a mm-hmm. large scale. So if we can have inf- people who are influencers, who are very ingrained in social media and whatever other types of mediums that come next, it could be a great source of guidance for kids and and also thinking about it, the LGBTQ movement, the trans movement and whatever movement that comes next around this area has a humongous influence online. So it will continue to be that way. And if we can all learn and the generation that's growing up can learn how to use this in a more effective way, in a positively influential way, it can be very powerful. It's just that how do we do that? Because then there's the other side, right? Because the other side is influencing us negatively in a large scale, too, and it's effective. So this is, again, it goes back to it's it's an individual problem Mm. or it's an individual problem. process yeah yeah it's it's a it's a it's a wide-scale problem it's a societal issue that can only be resolved within the individual and if you can put your cynicism aside whether you can admit that you're a cynical person and then put your cynicism aside i feel like you're talking to me i'm talking to all of us talking to myself yeah it's being open to listen being open to change being open to trying something on not saying you have to like it but just trying something on giving it a try and then just seeing what works what doesn't work i mean not everything's going to work for every person mm-hmm. biases are biases these are things that come up from our past that, that that gets ingrained in us but that doesn't mean we can't get along with everyone mm. you know I, I think it's possible i think all of it's very possible improbable but very possible mm. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I mean, like with every movement, there's resistance and there's resistance because we're trying to move away from the system that's in place and they're going to fight tooth and nail to like keep it the way it is. But there's definitely a chance. Yeah. I, again, it's just, hey, can, can you put your greed away? Can you put whatever it is that you're up to that only serves you and say, hey, you know, what? I'll help you guys out for once. I'm going to put away my preferences and help the movement because obviously this is a big issue for a lot of people and they're not able to live their lives in a very happy and fulfilling way because of all the bullshit that's in the way. It it sounds so easy that it can't possibly happen. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, just like I'm thinking about politicians that are so set in their ways Mm -hmm. and i'm not picking sides here they're on all sides Mm -hmm. these are people that have their backs that they need to scratch in order to have their backs scratched as well and they feel probably stuck in the cycle like they won't be able to make it through their career if they don't continue this process Mm -hmm. well the only way to find out is to stop doing it and really assess what you're doing. I, I'm, I'm sure a lot of them don't feel great. They probably don't sleep that well at night. I hope so, because if they're happy, then we're screwed. I mean, I hope that they feel like their backs are against the wall and they have to like follow suit, because at least <clears> then <throat> that means that they have some sort of conscious. Jesus Christ. I'd hope so. I'd I'm, hope I'm so. always hopeful. Yeah. I mean... 
But I think we can sum this up, right? Yeah. You know, uh, what is masculinity? It is what you want it to be. As long as you're not hurting other people and you're not hurting yourself and it's towards positive movement forward for all of us. And eventually just erasing the word altogether. Yeah. And then we'll just be talking about characteristics and personality traits. And, and then we just take it on as an individual mm-hmm. and not have to worry about groups focusing in on just you because you're different mm. when everyone's different. Right. That's the reality. And hey, you know, if there's no man or woman or at least there's no like actual categorical aspect to man and woman, then we can cross out that whole line in the Bible. Man and woman, marriage, all that good stuff. We can get rid of that. And I want to bring up one other thing. <laughs> so... Sergio and I have been talking about um, little like catchphrases and such that mm. I think um, would definitely work. Don't man up, grow up. Or an alternate of that is don't man up, be your best self. Another one, resistance is infantile as opposed to futile. Mm. We'll play on words there. And simply, common one, it is what it is. It's all combating this notion that there's only one path for everyone Mm -hmm. which is complete bullshit and we want to flip the switch on that one turn it off Mm -hmm. let's start with something new and productive that's right something that is good for everybody the end Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Unmanly Manly Podcast with Frank and Sergio. Don't forget to follow us on Spotify, Google, Breaker, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public, as well as our Instagram at Unmanly Manly Podcast, no underscore, no punctuation. See you next time.